0: Good afternoon and welcome to Tuesdays at 2 with the Center vision Leadership Foundation. My name is Todd Greer. I'm the Executive Director of Center vision Leadership Foundation. and Thank you for joining us. This is a great opportunity for you at home, at your office, wherever you are, to continue a great conversation that we had two weeks ago. We're joined by Brian Soy today. Brian is part two of a great series on mission-driven organizations. Brian is going to be talking with us in just a minute about culture and communication. But before we do that, we want to remind you about some very important things here at Center Vision Foundation. We want to remind you at nonprofitperformance.org, you can access the digital edition of our first copy of Nonprofit Performance Magazine. We're very excited and very proud of issue number one. Issue number two is going to be landing December 1st, and the focus of that issue is going to be on values in organizations, and we're really excited because of some amazing contributors that we have joining us for that. You'll have to stay tuned as we prepare more for that. Coming up not too far in the future, our March issue is going to be focused on generations in the nonprofit with some great opportunities to look at the millennial generation and what they bring into our nonprofit organizations. As always, this Thursday at 4 p.m. we will be taking part in Nonprofit Chat. You can find that through Twitter hashtag nonprofit chat. We'll be continuing the conversation that we're starting today with Brian and Brian will be joining us as we talk about culture and communication, particularly looking at the first six pillars in the Cause Manifesto. If you happen to miss uh, when Brian joined us in the past or any of our previous presenters, you can always find them at our centervisionleadership.org webpage, which is slash hangouts, and you'll be able to find archived events, you'll be able to find those videos, and they are accessible. We've got a great host. Of presenters that have joined us on our Tuesday at 2, and we hope that you'll make time to take a look at those. I've talked about him already. He's impressive enough. He's become a great friend of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. Brian, thank you so much for joining us again for part two in our series.
1: Sorry about that. It's Not good to tonight. be here again. <laughs> me getting used to being on a Google Hangout and unmuting my microphone. Um, yeah, this is great. It's uh, good to carry this conversation on and you know I think we can segue this whole values idea even into what we want to talk about today.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, there's so much there and, and quickly I want to recap for uh, the individuals. It was two weeks ago that they probably watched as we started into Raise Your Voice. We talked a lot about what it means to be a mission-driven organization and, and having the design aspect to that. Brian, do you want to just kind of share a brief synopsis of what we talked about two weeks ago and even that first half of Raise Your Voice?
1: Sure, the, you know, the whole idea of being mission-driven is is if you have a mission around your organization and you know that if that is what is driving you and you have a path that you need to, then you need to be intentional about the choices you make to get there and those choices are strategic choices from a planning standpoint and so often uh, the, the, the point that gets overlooked is those strategic decisions also have to be around the communication and the design choices you make when creating an experience not only for the program that you're you're creating or that you're implementing, but also for the audience who's looking to participate in it or or fund it, you know, donor experience. But it's it's some kind of experience, and every every touch point that you have with somebody in the audience along the way, a supporter, a donor, an ambassador, an advocate, those people experience something about your organization, and that can be verbal, visual, social media. It's it's this whole realm of things that, again, there's so much to do and we have to be very intentional about which ones are going to have the biggest impact on, on creating that perception we want our audience to have around our mission.
0: Yeah, Brian, that's a really important point. I think one of the things that really sticks out in what you're talking about is the importance of consistency. We've got to be the same organization in everything that we do and, and the mission and the purpose and the values need to be apparent in how we communicate to any of our audiences. And I think that's something that tends to become overlooked. We think about this great mission that we might have placed on our wall, we think about maybe some of our our documents, but a lot of times those become almost lost or or archaic in in the sense that uh, they're not active and vibrant in the organization today. And you really do a fantastic job uh, challenging us to, to think about how each one of those pieces functions n- not in a, a once a year board of directors retreat but in a day-to-day functioning of an organization you talked about uh, it, it's not just a communication book as some people have said it's also it's a leadership book that we're seeing here and I think that's one of the things that makes this book so accessible for people in in the social benefit nonprofit religious uh, world is that it, it really you boil things down so well for us. Yeah,
1: and I think there, there's, you know, you read books and I see a giant bookshelf behind you and it, there's some books behind me. We we fill our libraries and in our in our reading list with, with books that are long and they're complicated and, you know, the 12-step mission process, you know, simplifying these things and, you know, being able to connect what's in your head value-wise, what's in your head mission-wise, like you said, what's on that wall mission-wise to your audience. It, it doesn't have to be complicated. It just has to be consistent and direct and uh, concise. You know, uh, I think you and I have talked about uh, Dave Ramsey's group. I, I participate in the ENTRE leadership program, and they're constantly reminding us that to connect your vision or your mission with even your internal team, it takes at least 21 mentions. And so if it takes 21 mentions with people you're around every day, what's the how many was it going to take for the people you only talk to maybe once a week, once a day, um, once in that chance that they happen to see that tweet that you put out, you know, it's it's it requires that consistency of the touch points along the entire spectrum of communications same message same story same narrative so that the values that are underlying that sink in after time it's not always going to be immediate
0: that's a great point. We have uh, a gentleman that's very close to our organization, Bill Gilmer, at Word Sprint Printing. Bill is a, a mail uh, expert. He, he runs a, a printing place and does a lot of mailing for nonprofits. And one of the things he, he brings up very often is that individual, that organization who says, Hey, Bill, we want to run a mass mailing, and we want to run this one mass mailing. And he says, Hold on a second. Running a single mass mailing means nothing. You've got to have consistency. You've got to have communication. You have to have rhythm to these things. And I think that's a really important piece. We tend to function in what we call one-offs. Okay, well, we did this once, and we did this other thing once. And we don't think about the strategic alliance, and we don't think about the consistency and the discipline that goes into really making us mission-driven.
1: Sure, it's it's that intentionality. It's it is um, frequency and rhythm. You know, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk wrote this book that I've been starting to read, and the 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 whole theory behind it though is he says jab, 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 right hook, and you know, you just consistently giving little things, and all of a sudden you deliver that one uh, that one blow that knocks your your opponent out. But you have to keep continually just sharing that message over and over, and it may seem you know redundant to you but it's not to your audience and it's what actually keeps it fresh to them because you if you just refine it reinvent it but it's always consistent from a values from a from a core standpoint they're gonna it'll sink in and, and, and soon they'll start to repeat that back to you um, you know the, the thing with again that mission that's on your wall maybe that helps guide you internally but it may not even be the words or the message that needs to be communicated to your audience. Mm. Uh, I, I still firmly think, you know, mission is what we we put up and we look at, at the beginning of the day to remind us of why we're doing what we do and, and what we're doing, but it may not be the, the, the values or it may not be the area of interest that connects with your particular audience. That's, and figuring that out is the key thing that any mission driven organization has to do whether it's a church or whether it's a, um, a shelter or whether it's a food program, it just even a, even a college or university, everybody's got a distinct mission. What is your audience looking for, and what do you need to say to them to connect?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We want to take this time now to kind of segue into uh, the principles that are going to govern kind of the rest of our, our uh, session today. We are today looking at the first six principles in the Cause Manifesto, and just to reiterate those for you, uh, they come from uh, the strategic setting as well as the inspirational. So today we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be strategic, be focused, and be meaningful, okay, that's the strategic aspect, as well as in the inspirational, what does it mean to be insightful, inspiring, and engaging. And... um, and what happens behind the scenes sometimes you don't see and and we're going to pull back the curtain and tell you, Uh, Brian and I sat down just a little bit ago and I I kind of threw a challenge to Brian and and we're going to play with this a little bit and see how this goes. We have created an organization, okay? Because you, as you're watching and you're thinking about your organization, you want to see how does this really relate. So we've we've created an organization and it's the Indianapolis Housing Commission, alright? And in the Indianapolis Housing Commission is a homeless shelter, all right, and a transitional service. And I'm going to give you this is the the mission statement uh, in, in two minutes or less that I developed for them. And we're going to play with these six principles and think about how they look for this organization, all right? So the mission statement of the Indianapolis Housing Commission is this: to serve the homeless community of Indianapolis by providing shelter, food and transitional services that provide individuals with a brighter future. Alright, so we've got Indianapolis Housing Commission, they're a homeless shelter, they are a 501c3 organization, they don't have a faith-based initiative to them. Brian, are we ready? Let's do it. Alright, let's do this thing. Alright, so you start out with strategic. Alright, you talk about be strategic. Alright, and when you say that, you say we will create and follow a roadmap that aligns our communications with the goals of our strategic plan. So, if we're talking about the Indianapolis Housing Commission, who we just created, and I apologize to if there is one by that very name, uh, <laughs> well, what would it look like for them when we talk about being strategic? Sure. Um, so, you
1: know that 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 principle breaks down into communication plan and strategic plan. So first we'd look at what is the strategic plan? So they're providing shelter, food resources, and the one other thing I don't recall, the third key tenant. Transitional resources. Transitional resources. Um, so we'd, be, we'd look at and we'd say, well really what's what are the strategic choices that need to be, and programs that need to be in place to deliver those programs? And then for that audience. So there's going to be two audiences. One is the people who are the programs are being delivered to. How are you going to get that information in front of them? How are you going to communicate to them that we have these programs? Um, simply saying we're going to we're going to create a Twitter campaign about it. They may not have a phone, but think about where that population and those people may be. And I'm going to use an example from one, one of our clients who created a homeless youth and teens program and we we helped them think through where strategically we could get communications that would get to those individuals. And since they're homeless youth and teens, they're going to be wanting to find someplace that's safe, warm, and you know, one of the places is bathrooms. So You know, it's a place where there's food, it's warm, so we created some magnets that that could actually be placed in uh, restaurant bathrooms inside the stalls that would be just stuck on the walls, and they could take those off, and it would have emergency phone numbers, would have uh, cot lines that they could call any time, day or night, Um, made a series of flyers that would be easy, like rack car type flyers that the police Mm -hmm. could carry with them when they met these at-risk youth and just again give them the same information but they were easy to use tools that aligned with the intersection of where that audience would be and a, and somebody who could deliver the communication so, um, so but that, that's just one way to look at a problem like that or a challenge is how to communicate and where's that intersection and we call those touch points what kind of touch point is going to really reach that audience and then there's also the, the whole support community where what kind of donor is going to be interested in supporting this kind of a program and where then do we communicate with them? And, and again, that's a whole different type of campaign.
0: Absolutely. That's great. But and, and what we see already is when we're talking about being strategic, it's about creating these pathways here and understanding that our audience is not a, a singular entity, particularly in this type of an organization. We're, we're really talking about two or even potentially three distinct uh, audiences. You know, we may even have a a governmental audience to this where maybe we receive grants or whatever. So what you've started with is the differentiation uh, of where our audience is and now we can think strategically both in what our tactics are as well as what is our communication plan for reaching those audiences right and i
1: realize that you know a lot of this discussion is around the idea of communicating but at the same time um, you know st- strategically if they're delivering those three core s- air- service areas and someone else comes in and says you know we need to start a van program to take these people off the street either that program fits into one of those three key areas or it doesn't and that leads then into that idea of focus, which is the second r- resolution, that if they don't stay focused on their key mission and the delivery of that, it's easy to start adding
0: programs and totally get caught up in mission creep. Yeah, and that's a great point. I, I think one of the words or terms that you use that I think is so visually appealing is the idea that you talk about creating a roadmap. Uh, and a lot of times, if we simply thought of it in terms of the creation of a road map, we would very quickly understand that Mission Creep is a detour, and it's taking away uh, our focus from where we're really driving towards. Um, I was actually just sitting at lunch with an individual today, and we were talking about uh, service providers for a particular aspect uh, that this individual is working in, and he said, you know, I, I found in my research, there are a handful of other organizations who seemed to start in this area but they almost became so wide that they're not functioning according to that. And I was thinking, well, be strategic. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that that if they simply had created that roadmap, that mission, that purpose, and and understood where that road went, uh, then they would very quickly understand that they had been taking a, a detour and needed to get back on track. So that's a, a great point, and, and I think it's – it's very valuable. Let's continue on. You, you talked about focus. Um, why, why do you think that organizations tend to, to come off focus? Why would you think that this organization, uh, Indianapolis uh, Housing Commission or Coalition, why do you think that they would get off a uh, tangent on uh, on looking at medical services? Why do you think that is? Because a grant opportunity came up, of course.
1: that's in In 20 years, that's the one – key thing that i have seen organizations they follow the money and when they follow the money they lose focus so their mission becomes even though they may have a core mission what they consider their mission starts to get broader and broader and broader and they lose focus and at a certain point there is you know that that tipping point they still see themselves as being focused but outside of their bottle Everybody's looking at them and say, you know, it's time to get back to what your primary focus is or eliminate some things, eliminate the distractions so you can get back to delivering the thing that you're really the best at. It was, uh, about a week and a half ago, Seth Godin had a great uh, blog article about, you know, it's not always about getting bigger. Sometimes you need to just stay the size you're at and be the very best that you are at what you do. Which, for me, that was perfect, but I can see that for a lot of organizations. Growth is always the thing. Numbers are measured, but why not be the best and just serve a smaller population?
0: That's a great point. That's a great point. And real quickly, we want to share with you uh, the resolution here. And each of these things can easily be found. Brian, if somebody's looking to find out more about Raise Your Voice, uh, or, or the, the 12 resolutions, the Cause Manifesto poster, what's the easiest way for them to get it while we're talking about this?
1: Yeah, Actually, the easiest way is to go to CauseManifesto.com or NonprofitManifesto.com and that'll bring you to our website where there is, you'll either see the, the manifesto or on the right you can see some links to download a poster that has all the resolutions on it. You can buy the book uh, and you can. And there's lots more resources there. There's sample chapter you can download. There's new audio abstracts that I just started recording this weekend, that I'm really excited about. That'll take me another probably three months to get out. Um, but yeah, manifesto.com and, and or nonprofitmanifesto.com. There are
0: links to get everything related to the book. Great, great. So when you talk about be focused, this is what you say. You say we will focus our communication on one cause, one mission, and one purpose. And we will share our purpose with one voice. Now that's such an important message because one of the things I I start thinking about is, well our, our marketing is talking about this, our program services are talking about this, our fundraising is talking about this, and we've got so many different messages that are out there and it doesn't sound like even the same organization.
1: And, and that's, a, that's a really great insight. And I, I just had that conversation last week with somebody talking to the director of the program. And, and this individual said, you know, we need to have a core message and we need to have everybody who's delivering the program be able to, to share the same story. And then we need to make, make sure that advancement, is also telling that story and it to me was the classic conflict and disconnect between sales and marketing You know, people who are delivering the product and the marketing and, and that's that's what happens in organizations is there's the disconnect and those are the two groups those delivering and those who are talking about it need to be on the same page
0: mm. that's important Brian you talk about um, moving people along the spectrum and, and, and when we engage, we inspire, we motivate, we attract all those pieces, you, you talk about the endpoint of, of a believer. Mm-hmm. How, how does that look in regard to focus? Because I think even sometimes we need to make believers out of our internal team before we can ever see it out of the external uh, in the way that we're communicating to others. How, how do we go about that process?
1: Well- again going back to that idea of if if there's a mission and there's a vision making sure that everybody is on board with that and you know maybe it's maybe it's taking a month and you start out every day with you know, here's here's wh- what we're doing why we're doing it and how we're doing it and explain. This is this is how we're going to talk about it when we speak with our different constituent audiences. We even do this on the board of Second Harvest Food Bank. We're in a capital campaign right now and before we have a major meeting or we had a, a large uh, fundraising benefit, we all got together with the board and just set reminded each other, this is what we're going to say and this is how we're going to phrase it. So we're consistent and that also ensures that nobody's getting the wrong message or the, the wrong perception. Because if you have one person who's presenting something in a way that's completely different from the other, that just creates confusion. And you, again, it goes back to that as an experience somebody's having with the organization or a representative of the organization. And that experience creates a story. And they go and talk to the next person and say, do you know what I just heard about them? I thought it was this, but it's really this. And then there's then rumors start or confusion starts. So it, it is it's a very again intentional process internally sitting down with staff once a week twice a week whatever it takes just with the whole team being involved but you know it starts at the top and so the executive management the the leaders of the organization they need to be bought in and believers too because you can't just go through the motion doing this you know if we're aligning our passion for what we do with the purpose then we have to be intentional about that. So you know, it all comes back to this idea of being very intentional. That's that's, a great point. that's what mission driven is. It's just intentional choices.
0: I was thinking about uh, as you were talking. I was thinking about uh, the uh, onboarding process or inculturation or acculturation, depending on who's writing what they're talking about. Uh, and I was thinking about how often we simply focus on skill set in those processes and we're thinking about well this is how this organization does it and we need to really start with the why behind the what we need to pull back that curtain and really hone in on our values and our mission and our purpose and making sure that those things uh, we've got alignment even before the hire and then once the hire takes place that we're making sure that those things are really crystallized in the mind of that individual so that they can continue on and being intentional focus and, and, and Having that one voice that you know is in harmony with with the rest of the uh, the organization and what it's putting forward.
1: Sure, sure, and and, you know, and that goes to you know if you if you have uh, a reason for why you do something versus just I'm here to be a let's say a customer service rep. You know, I'm just here to answer phones. No, you're here to make sure that people have a great experience, not only with the company, but that they're not frustrated by using the product and you're there to help them through that so it's taking a bigger picture or there's another the story I've heard when you know, somebody walked up and asked the bricklayer who was working on a big job site what are you doing and I, I don't know if you and I talked about this, he says well I'm laying bricks and he walked up to the next one and says what are you doing And he said I'm building a th- cathedral it's you know either you're looking up or you're looking down you're, you're, you're looking at the big picture versus not just what your role is but what's the purpose for the whole organization, and how do you contribute to that?
0: Well, And I think that's so important uh, in the way that it segues into uh, principle number three, the idea of being meaningful, because I think it first has to be meaningful to us internally and in seeing that what we're doing is part of a larger cause. Um, so that's a, that's a great point. Y- you talk about being meaningful, and you say this. You said, we will ensure... That our values and actions align with the reasons that motivate our followers and stakeholders to believe in our cause. Okay, so the idea of being being meaningful. What would meaningfulness look like in our our hypothetical organization, the Indianapolis Housing Coalition? What would what would being meaningful look like? Do you think to them? Well,
1: you know, let's 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 put this in this idea of you know they. Have this important mission that they do to to help these people through the transition of their life, but how do they how do they communicate that in a way, and talk about that in a way that becomes meaningful to the audience? Where's the, where does it touch the heart, and where does it speak to the mind? Because you can't just say I mean it's a very emotional issue, but if if all you do is talk about the emotion of it, it it becomes it almost becomes inauthentic, like you're trying too hard, but if you say you know, one in seven, and I'm, I'm just making the statistic up, it's not accurate at all, like our uh, Indianapolis Housing, housing Coalition, it, Homeless Coalition, uh, it's, you know, if we say one in seven are in this situation, and here's how, your, how you can directly impact them by doing this or this or this. It immediately it, it combines the two aspects of one, a good story emotion and ration and it talks to our entire being. It touches our heart it speaks to our mind and it gives us something to think on and reflect on and empathize with. Mm-hmm. So you know, meaning we can say you know my organization is meaningful and you'll ask why and I'll give you three reasons but until you believe those reasons my organization isn't meaningful to you, it's only meaningful to me. So we have to find reasons and meaning that, and again, that goes back to values. What values align between our supporters and audience and people who we need to be communicating with and the mission and programs and and purpose of why and what we do?
0: Great, great. Yeah, I think this is so so exciting because we're, we're really we're leveling down to the things that truly drive an organization. When we talk about impacting communities, we're not simply talking about doing a job or filling a role. We're really talking about uh, what our our founder and CEO, Hugh Ballou, likes to talk about is transformation. We we like to see a transformational process, and I I think uh, this is one of those pieces that's so important for us. I'm recognizing the time and, and, and our value to our, our audience here. I want to move into uh, the fourth principle, and now we're in the inspirational principles. Okay, So we've gone through our three strategic, and now we're into the three inspirational. And the first one of those is be insightful. Okay, And in that, you state, we will embrace data as a means of sharing greater insight into the outcomes of our mission and understanding of our cause. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because you just were talking about that. One in seven, okay, one in seven people go through this and here's how what we do impact that, right? Sure, sure.
1: A, a great, well, there's two statistics I like to use. Uh, again, but this goes back to, this could relate to the homeless coalition. You know, if they're providing meals, they're going to be possibly getting food from the the state or the national Feeding America organization. And they also have some hunger study statistics and say, of these homeless people, one in six, well, may be going hungry uh, of the general population, but four in six of these homeless people are hungry at food, you know, or they're food insecure on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But your $1 can buy the equivalent of five or six meals, again, depending on where they are. So again, it's, it's tying in some very concrete Data, with the reason for why, you, and and an impact of how you can help affect that outcome. So it's 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 finding those those things that basically give the the measurable credibility. Um, you know, when you talked about your mission statement earlier, the end of that mission statement was the idea of brighter future. Well, how do you measure brighter future? So a, a a refined version of that mission statement would have a deliverable in it so that funders could say okay now I know you're going to work to deliver this very specific thing how do you measure it okay I see how you're going to measure it I think we can help there and tie it right back to that so it's it's not only it's it's important for them to use that data internally as well and um, it's, it's just it's just part of again communication when we talk we we like to throw out statistics. If there was a sports team, that's all we talk about.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and I think it's important, I want to reiterate what you just said because I, I think that's something that often gets lost. Sometimes we use too generic or too feeling uh, of terms and we forget that we really need to be able to prove outcomes. And you talk about measurable pieces there. And I think that's really important for us to see. And it, 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 part of that, it, I, it may be the very nature of the fact that these causes pull at our heartstrings, that these causes are, are so deep and meaningful to us that we forget that we're doing the best service by showing the outcomes and the measurables and the deliverables that are taking place by our, our organizations rather than simply just playing to the emotions.
1: Right and, and people do connect with the outcomes I and mean, they want to contribute to something that they know that they'll be able to see and especially that's that's more and more true with the younger generations especially the millennial generation they want to know and see the impact that their time and their volunteering and their donations are making to these programs and the same way a funder is going to want to see you know, very, very strong numbers on, and you know, we contributed X thousands of dollars, it had these results. Um, and, you know, and, 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 but at the same time, it, it, for the person who the uh, program is being delivered to, they just want to be able to know that, you know, it's a warm shelter, it's safe, but those are outcomes too for them. So, looking at what outcomes can they rely on to be consistent and reliable.
0: That's a great point, definitely. We want to move along. This is the fifth uh, of the principles, and we're going to just go through the first six uh, this week. And and just a reminder, on the 28th at 2 p.m. Eastern time, Brian's going to be joining us back, and we're going to go through the second six uh, from the Cause Manifesto. So this one is be inspiring. And you state, we will share stories that speak to the mind and appeal to the heart, and these stories will reveal how our cause inspires us and our advocates to take action. So we've talked about the, the measurables, the deliverables, but now what are you saying about how we're to inspire with our stories? How do those things relate?
1: Well, you could simply say one in six people are homeless, for instance. But if you would say, you know, think about the number of people you know and at some point of the, say, if if we can manage a network of 150 people, um, out of that number, how many have the potential for being homeless, or how many have the potential out of your network of people who are hungry? And all of a sudden that becomes more real because you start to think about the people around you, or how many have gone through that in their lives, And, and I know of people who have been homeless, and I know of people who have been who have been hungry, and those people actually have become one I know is an executive director of a program that works with homeless people and she had been in the program before so her empathy level is really high her passion for serving that's very high so you know even if I were on that board and I were to go out and talk to somebody and say this is why this is important if she were to go out and talk about it and say no this is why it's important let me tell you my story and we we tell these stories in in such a way, then, in, in an inspiring way, which is just a combination of words and how they're presented. But it allows the listener to enter into that and put themselves in our shoes mm-hmm. and almost experience it themselves in some way. And you know, it's it's a challenge to do that without being manipulative. We want to use that to influence people again, to transform, to change the way they think, to see the whole problem from a different perspective, and then be able to enter that and make that story part of their own lives.
0: That's a great point, definitely. I think this is, we're really getting tangible here, and I hope as you're watching this, you're thinking about how how do these things apply to my organization? Where, where are our strengths, and, and certainly where do we need to work on? And Admittedly, as each of us watch this, and even as I sit here talking with you, Brian, right now, I'm challenged by by some of the things that you're saying and, and recognizing uh, where we need to improve in alignment, where we need to improve in how we're communicating uh, both internally and externally in the things that we do as an organization. So, uh, again, all of this is about application. How do we make these applications in our organization, how how does our cause really serve to be Mm -hmm. mission-driven? We're we're moving into number six real quick, and this this is the last of our six, and we'll be wrapping up here in a moment. You talk about be engaging. You say, as in a conversation, we will listen as often as we speak in order to learn what the community and our stakeholders expect from us. Wow listen as often as you speak. Now that's great Brian wh- what does that look like for an organization like uh, our, our, our hypothetical, our, our Housing and Homeless Coalition? Well,
1: s- you know, so the, they had a great idea to start a new program that maybe uh, served a certain population and three weeks in even though it was met with great excitement that population stopped using that program so they just started asking why and that population told them that it really didn't serve our needs. I mean, you, you you started the program without doing any research, without asking us what we wanted. It was more of, we think you need this. Um, so it's, you know, we need to be engaged and, and interacting with those that we serve. We need to be engaged in interacting with those from whom we hope to get funding. Um, we need to be just engaged with the community because that's where board members come from and everybody has a different perspective on the cause and the organization and they bring that with them to that so as, as you continue to engage you get to know that person would be a good fit for our board or it sounds like this person really has some interest in supporting us let's talk to them more uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday and I, I mentioned one of the causes I support, and he said, oh, that's one of my favorite. I contribute to them as often as possible, and that was great for me because I was able to segue into, well, you know, we've got this other campaign we're doing. So if I hadn't have just mentioned it, I wouldn't have known that about him, and I've known this gentleman for years. So if we're not in conversations with not only our audience but also our, our, our constituents that we deliver services to, how are we gonna know what they really want and what we really need to deliver to them?
0: Sure, that's a great point, and I think that it provides a great synopsis to us. All of this comes down to understanding who we're serving. I mean, you know, We have to understand who we are and who we serve, and if there's not alignment between those two things, then we're just kind of flopping around and we're missing the impact that all of us are driving for, you know, you don't go into a cause without a desire to impact a community, right? Absolutely. It's
1: if, if otherwise, we're we're just spinning our wheels.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And we're not being good stewards of the dollars and the time and the energy that's being poured into us as an organization. Brian, Brian thank you so much. This is fantastic. Uh, again, folks, we're going to continue the conversation as we look at these first six pillars in our Twitter chat. And again... If you haven't remembered, it is hashtag nonprofit chat. You can find it through the URL that's listed there tweetchatcom room/ nonprofit chat. It's just a curation point, an easy way for you to follow the discussion. It's a great opportunity to engage and to think about. and you can even ask questions there. Brian's going to be with us. Uh, it's an opportunity for you to ask some questions, to think deeply about what this looks like in your organization. Again, uh, we want to remind you of the magazine. Our magazine, nonprofitperformance.org, is really—it's again—it's about a place that prompts you as the leader in your organization or as a leader in your organization to think about how are you functioning, how is your organization meeting the mission that you are, are called to serve making sure that you're doing those things, and and as always, each of those issues are going to focus on four major pieces. We talk about how are we attractive to funds, whether it's grants or fundraising uh, aspects. How are we engaging our members? How are we developing leaders in our organization? And finally, how are we developing our board? And those are four things you're going to see in each of the magazines that we put out, you're going to see it. And the content that we're putting forward you uh, just like this on Tuesdays at 2 during our Twitch, our tweet chat. Uh, this is really, it's about that process. So uh, this is a great opportunity for you to engage with us. If you happen to miss one of our previous uh, segments, check it out. Uh, archived events right there on our website, centervisionleadership.org slash hangouts. You can find out all of them. If you missed the first one with Brian, please. Make sure you catch up. Brian is is fantastic in sharing with us his insights from Raise Your Voice, A Cause Manifesto. Brian, again, you're so gracious to share this time with us, our audience. Thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to uh, having you with us on on Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern time.
1: Yep. Thanks, Don. I look
0: forward to it as well. And I'll see you there on Twitter. Sounds great. You guys have a great day. And we'll see you on Thursday.